I want to go back to the book of Galatians again tonight and jump all the way down to verse 19, Dustin. I'm going to just read that one verse tonight kind of as a text, and it actually is the text tonight. We'll go back and cover some of the scriptures prior to it, but I want us to read this verse 19 tonight, and I want us to take a little time, let this soak in, and man, I, I tell you, the more I've studied this, and, and the, 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 the clearer and the fresher it's becoming, and I, I thank the Lord, I thank the Lord, and the Lord has put some, some things in my heart even out of this book. Uh, over the last few weeks that, that I know that I know wasn't a part of my heart uh, and needed to be, needed to be. So I'm very thankful. But let's read this one verse, and then we'll ask the Lord's blessing upon it, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll have at it just a little while. But Paul says this. He says, Wherefore then serveth the law. In other words, what purpose, what purpose is the law? Or, or what good is the law? That's actually what I'm going to preach on tonight. What good is the law? That's what Paul's being, what Paul's bringing out. Now, this is a conclusion statement. He's already, he's already argued for all of chapter 3 up to this point, and he's come to a conclusion, and he really says, what purpose is the law? It was added, here, here, here it is, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the land of a mediator. Amen. What, what, good, what good is the law? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's take a time here tonight. Let's ask the Lord to bless the word and just be with us. Uh, Brother Marks, won't you pray on us tonight? Father, we thank you tonight for your word and for your spirit that's in the house to minister this word to our hearts. Lord, I pray you'd anoint our heart, ears, and anoint this pastor, God, and let us all come and feast before your throne tonight. In Jesus' name, meet every need in the house and touch our hearts, we pray. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord the glory. Thank you, Brother Marks. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. When I began this series, you can be seated. When I began this series, uh, I actually began it uh, with the thought of, of how to stay saved in church. I mean, you might remember that and you might not. And I kind of have varied off of that, but it's still the same principle. That's what Paul was dealing with. And, and that's what he was dealing with throughout chapter 3, really, and even back into chapter 2. And it was about the mixing, the mixing of the law and grace. And how many know that's not a good recipe to stay saved? I said any kind of mixture with the grace, any, any kind of frustrating the grace. Any sort of mixture. But uh, for 18 verses, if you, could, if you really want to go back to all the way back to verse 1, for 18 verses, Paul has really been strongly arguing and proven, proven that the law was never meant to justify or to save man. It was never meant that way. And that's, that's really how he comes to, to the conclusion of verse 19, as we'll get there in just a minute. But he, 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 he spends... He spends uh, a, a huge amount of time in these first 18 verses of chapter 3 really really declaring and showing and, 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 and arguing the point that, that the law was never meant to justify or to save a man and that God, that God intended it that way. How many say, no, I'm telling the truth tonight? Amen. Back in verse 1, it began like this. It began with five questions. I, I want to I read these questions to you. All the way back to verse 1, Dustin. It began all the way back in verse 1 with five questions. Paul, Paul, called, Paul really questioning their experience, uh, what experience they had. 
And Paul, Paul says this, O foolish Galatians, the church, who hath bewitched you or, or brung delusion, brung a delusion in amongst you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. Kind of the, kind of the first question, if you will. He was asking them who, who had brung this delusion that caused them to, to move away from really the substitutionary work of Christ. Uh, that, that they had seen plain and, and had seen his work, seen, seen what, what he was about. And how many, how many when you see what work Christ has done, uh, uh, we should not be deluded or, 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 or deceived or any other way to move away from what Christ has done, from the cross, from his substitute. How many of you need a substitute tonight? That's, that's really what this verse brings out, I feel like. They seen it. It was evident. You need a substitute. You need atonement. And to move away from that, to move away from that is to give that up. And he's arguing that point, that you can't give that up. You can't give up the substitute and the work of Christ. In verse 2, he moves on. Another question, he says, this only would I, he says, I just want to know this one thing. I mean, I mean he's like a lawyer here. He's like, he's like hammering this. He's like, because they're the ones that's been mixing the law and grace. They've been making this mixture. And how many know God, God man calls that balance, but, but, God, but God don't. And God don't call that balance. Sometimes we as men, we'll call, well, you need, you need a little of this. A little, oh, no, no, we don't need mixture. We need the pure grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So he says, so this is what I learn of you. Received you the spirit. Did you, the, the spirit, it's blessings, uh, uh, it's overflow, it's works. Received you that by the works of the law. Or by the hearing of faith. He's, he's arguing to their own experience. What blessing have you ever got? Just act like you're the Galatians. What blessings of the Spirit have you ever got? Did you receive that by, by the works of the law? Or by believing faith? By the hearing faith? By obedience to the faith and to the truth? Surely it came from believing faith. It came from, from hearing of faith. Being obedient to that. It never came. No blessing, I, I've done, found that out, no blessing hardly ever has come, or as a matter of fact, no blessing has ever come from God other than through faith, through the hearing of faith, through the hearing of faith. So, so he asked that question, and in verse 3, i got, I got to hurry, verse 3 he says, are you so foolish, here comes a, a third question, are you so foolish that you have begun in the spirit and are now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, this is kind of like the, 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 the third question. He said, if you found something lacking in your walk with God, in your journey, you, you, you sense that I'm missing something, did you really think, was you foolish enough to think that you could perfect it in your own flesh? He said, did you really think you could perfect it that way and, and, and that, that had started in the spirit? He's appealing to their experience again. When we do see stuff missing, we do feel like I'm lacking. Uh, and that's, that becomes sometimes the temptation to jump in to the works of the law or the works of, of that, those nature, those things, uh, to, to modify. Sometimes we see, we see behavioral, behavioral problems even with ourselves. And, and sometimes we want to try to modify instead of depending on grace, depending on him. I'm going somewhere. I really am. Uh, uh, I, hope, I hope you're able to, to stand the train ride. Amen. Amen. So, and then the fourth question, he asked them this, and this, this is just it. He says, have you done all this? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? 
In other words, man, did, did you go through, did, did you go through all this? Has it all been vain? All, all the journey up to this point. And this, this is what I was talking about, staying saved in church. Did you go all, come all this way to, 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 for it all to be vain? Well, that's what the works of the law will do. It'll make it all vain. It'll, it'll all be vanity. It'll all go away. Last question, he asked this. He asked this, and then we're going to shift real quick. But the last question in verse 5, he asked this. He therefore that ministers to you, to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, in other words, when you've experienced and have experienced the mighty work of God or, or the power of God or both together, has that come by being obedient to the law or to faith? Simple, ain't it? It's come by being obedient to faith, not the law. If you've ever experienced the power and the miraculous work of God in any shape, form in your life, it's come because you was obedient to the faith. When it called, he called, you moved. Now, for the next 13 verses, it shifts to this one point. And I love this. I love this. He began, Paul begins to deal, and we'll find this in verse 6. He begins to deal with Abraham's covenant. And I like this. I like this because you know what he does? He goes back before the law. Yeah. He's going to mess with some law-minded people right here. Because at that time, they had thought it was nothing and all about the law. But he shifts all the way back 430 or whatever years prior to the law ever being given. And he goes back and he picks up Abraham. Abraham. And he says, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, verse 7, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are children, they are the same with Abraham. The scripture, verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God is seen ahead. Now hang with me. This, this, is, some, this is some just some good old doctrine here. But foreseeing that God would justify. The scripture seen way ahead. Going back to Abraham's day, seeing way ahead that God was going to justify the heathen, not through the law, but through faith. Amen. Scripture, no doubt, talking about when God dealt with Abraham and made him a covenant of promise, still a covenant of grace. I just well, that's all that's all Abraham's covenant was. It's a covenant of promise, but it's a covenant of grace. He was blessed because he was graced. It wasn't because he was done anything outrageous. Or, no, he was graced. God promised him. God promised him. But the scripture seen that the heathen would be like this way. Preached, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Amen. Amen. Are you out there? I'm still trying to go somewhere. Let's go and finish this. Let's finish this reading out. So when they which be of faith are blessed, so then so then they which be of faith are blessed. With faithful Abraham, for as many as are of the works of the law, they're under the curse. Amen. No, hang with me. For, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which that, that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Got to do them all if you're gonna do one. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man. 
How many know that? No man. No man. No man. It is evident. Here it is. For the just shall live by faith. Just faith. Just faith. And the law is not of faith. The law is not of faith. The law is not of faith. The man that doeth them shall live in them. Which one are you going to live in? Which one do you want to live in? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Of course, this is the cross. That the blessings of Abraham, here we go. Like I said, going all the way back. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Woo, yes, amen, amen. They, they certain scriptures I can read, and that's all I have to do is just read them. Good, glory to God. They float my boat right now. Amen, amen. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be, be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannul or addeth thereto. No, you don't need no mixture. There's no mixing. Now to Abraham and his seed we are the, were, were the promises made. He saith not unto the seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. Verse 17. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after. 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 See, I just didn't pull 430 off the top of my head a while ago. 430 years after. After it cannot disannul, they cannot change it, they cannot remove it. Amen. Amen. That it should make the promise of no effect. Last verse For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God give it to Abraham by a promise. Back to verse 19. So he says all that. So what is the purpose of the law? Do you get it? That's what he's come to after pouring out all that on these Galatian church people and arguing his point that it's all through grace and it's all through Christ and it's all through faith and it's all through all of that and it has nothing. There's We don't need no mixture. And that's what had happened to the Galatians. They had decided, you know what, let's mix this thing. Let's mix and match it. Let's and, and, and let me just say something. That's the problem. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you, I believe this all in my heart. No church that I know of anyway, that I've ever been around, no church ever preaches straight law. I've never been to a church that just preached straight law. No, they do just what the Galatians are doing. They mix it. They preach a little grace and a little law. Amen. And the book says it's all grace. It's every bit grace. Nothing but grace. Nothing but grace. Now that grace leads to a, to a blessed life that we won't get into and deal with a whole lot tonight. But, but it, it's not got anything. The law's got nothing to do 
according to, to what Paul's teaching us here. He's got, as a matter of fact, he comes to the point and he says, what, what purpose is the what? What good is the law? And that's where I want to settle in. You know I'm going to settle in somewhere. I always do. I'm going to settle in somewhere. So I'm going to settle in right here. I'm going to settle in what, what good is the law. Now here's what I want to tell you. Right quick, I want to give you Romans 7 and 12. I want you to see Romans 7 and 12. I want you to see Paul, Paul wasn't bash, a basher of the law, but Paul thought this about the law. He said, well, for the law is holy, and the commandment is holy. It's just and it's good. He wasn't bashing it. He wasn't saying it's, a, it's terrible, it's right. He, now, what he was saying in all that, it is very inferior. He says it's very inferior, and it'll never serve the purpose that Christ come to serve. Amen. That's why it's inferior. It'll never accomplish what Christ wants accomplished, what he did accomplish. He'll never do that. So, but, he, but, it, but he's saying it's, it's good, and, and it's all that, and it's... But, 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 so what is the purpose of it then? And I want you to think about it. Go back to verse 19. Chapter 3, verse 19. Let's read this verse one more time, and then we're going to dive in. It was added. Here it is. Here it is. It's just there for everyone to see. Don't have to be a scholar. Don't have to be a theologian. Don't have to know Greek even. Don't even have to know Greek tonight. Good thing, isn't it? Because this is what he said. He said, it was added because of transgressions. It was added because of transgressions. And here's what I want to say about it. There's a whole lot of ways you could probably say this. But here's what I want to say. Here's what the law does. And this, is what, this will be the, 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 the thought all the way through. Especially, and you'll see it plain in a little story out of the scriptures that I'll read at the end of this thought. But this is what the law is meant to do. It's meant... It's meant just as he was going to use against the Galatians or anybody else, ever man, all of mankind. It brings man to the end of himself. That's what the law does. It brings man to the end of himself. In many ways, by some making guilt so obvious, don't the law do that? I don't know about you, but the, but the law has done that in my life. It, it's made guilt so it brought me to the end of myself. Left me, left me shaken, unsure. Amen. If God's going to save a man, usually, usually that's what he'll send. He'll send the law and, and show us how guilty we are. Or we'll see how guilty we are or how vile we are. The law's good for that. That's why Paul said it's good, it's holy, it's just. It don't serve the purpose now. It's still inferior. It's not what's going to save you. But you'll see how vile you are. Because of the transgression, that's the purpose it serves. It acts as that, that reflection. It'll leave you thinking, you know what, I, I'm not as good as I thought. It'll leave, leave you thinking, I, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or not as good as I think I was. Amen. I'm not okay. All the world nowadays says I'm okay with well, the law. Part of the what purpose it serves is to bring us to the place that we can say, you know what, I'm at the end, I'm not okay. I'm not okay with God. Uh, and we've, we've had, we had, we had this country probably built on, and I know the, the early revivals and, and a, lot of, a lot of the revivals of the old yesteryear were built on, was built on the law showing people how vile, bringing them to the end of their self, and that's why a lot of times they would run to altars with tears and repentance 
and crying. Now, that's not what saved them. That just showed them how, how, how vile or at the end of themselves. And they ran to Christ if it was preached right. And we ran to Christ who was capable of bringing salvation. Oh, bless his name. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. Any man that comes to Jesus, that's what he's going to usually have seen. Now, here's what I want to say. I want you to think about this. This is what the Galatians was doing. This is what a lot of folk has done. They were, a lot of people come to Jesus about, I'm keeping the law. I'm upholding the law. I'm good. I'm okay. They'll use the law to say I'm okay or to say I'm all right. But let me tell you what. When you approach Jesus like that, uh, Jesus, Jesus uses the law against you. That's why the law serves, still serves a purpose. He'll turn the law right around. There's a little story in Luke, Luke 18, about the rich young ruler. Y'all remember him? The rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. It was a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what here it is, what shall I do? Now, this is this is interesting. This is very interesting. Because most of the time in, in Christ's love and his graciousness and his mercy, you, when you when you've read, read and read and read and studied him, this his response is un, I think is unusual. I, I find that his response here, because usually this is what he would say to all other, he would say this to, to, to the common lost man. He would say, just believe. And you do, and your family shall be saved. Or just believe. Just believe. Today you shall be with me. In I mean, to a common criminal, that's what he said. But to this, this guy who, who come, I believe, I come, and we, we know this about him through the story, he comes haughty, high, lifted up, thinking that he's keeping the law. That's what he thinks. He thinks I'm keeping the law. Jesus smells it coming. Jesus sees it coming. That's got to look. Come on, it's got to look. That self-justification, that self-righteousness. A man that's not been brung to the end of himself just got to look like nobody else has got. When a man been, has been brung to the end of himself, he's got to look too. He's like that poor publican. Amen. Who won't even lift his head. Amen. But, but he comes and he asks, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 19, Jesus said unto him, First of all, why callest thou thou me good? There's none has done as good. He, he's preaching already. You think you're so good? There's none. Jesus is way out front. He's way out front, ain't he? He's way out front preaching to this self-righteous man. There's none good save one that is God. But then this is where Jesus, he says this, he says, this, this, this would throw you if you don't know where the story is going. It's like, Jesus, what? Not believe? Don't believe? Jesus tells him this. Thou knowest the commandments. Well, sure he does. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not say. How many know these are all good things? Do not, do not kill. Do not steal. Do not. But, but, but Jesus knows him. He thinks, he thinks he's going to inherit king, the kingdom of God because of these things. Of doing these things. Or not doing these things. He thinks, that's my ticket, my good works, this mixture. Amen. Y'all out there, breathe, breathe, breathe. Do not bear false witness. Honor, and these are all great things. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, huh, all of these. See, Jesus smelt it coming. 
all of these. I've did all of this since I was wee little. You know, they, they learned. I believe if I got this correct, y'all probably, you can probably tell me. It, it, from five years old, they would learn the Torah. From five years old, they, they could, could, would learn the Pentateuch. They would learn, learn the Old Covenant as a, as, a, as a Hebrew to recite it. That's powerful, ain't it? So they, they knew the language. But from, from my youth, I've did all this. And then here comes Jesus. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he, he knows he's coming at Jesus with the law. I'm coming at you with the law. Well, let me just tell you something. You don't want to come at Jesus with the law. You want to come at Jesus full of grace. You want to come at Jesus full of his grace, his righteousness. Not your own. Who, this man stand there in his righteousness. Ain't he? You don't want to come like that. You want to come with Christ's righteousness. Amen. He said, Jesus heard the, when he heard these things, he said, and how many know Jesus can take the law somewhere where you didn't know it was going? Like he did in, in the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5 and 6 and all that, where he took the law just so much deeper. When, 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 when they'd say, you know, don't commit adultery. And Jesus said, oh, no, take it just a little bit further. If you think, if you think to lust. Or, or, or don't murder. Well, I ain't never murdered. Well, don't hate. Don't hate. Well, I killed 20 people for breakfast. You know, he always could take it, the law. He could take the law, and no man could stand justified by the law. That's the scripture. No man will be justified by the law. None. How many know that the law came to shut our mouth? Romans 3.19. They don't believe me, Dusty. Give it to me right quick. I hate to jump you around, but let me, sh let me show them that right quick. Now we know that the things soever the law saith, it is saith to them who are under law that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. The law shuts our mouth. The law was about to shut this rich young ruler's mouth up. Amen. You got just a little bit of self-righteousness in you. You hate me tonight. You hate me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But the law does that. Amen. The law will shut you down. That's what Jesus is. Go back to our text or go back to Luke. Jesus said, said he took it further. He said to them, you, yeah, you lack us. Go back to verse 21. Yeah, 22. Yeah, 21, 21, 21, 21. No, 22. You're good. You're good. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou this one thing. With the law, you're going to always lack at least one thing. You've covered this, you've covered that, and by George, tomorrow it's going to be this one thing. Or, and then the next day it's going to be this one other thing. And then the next day it's going to be this one other thing. Always. That's the law. That's all. No man can keep it perfectly. No man. It's always going to be that one thing. Or some of us, 101. Amen. 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 So he says this, sell all that thou hast, distribute to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. What does the story say? The story says, 
Verse 23, and when he heard this, ain't this what the law leaves you? The law sends you away sorrowful, sad, sad. Now, in the very next chapter, there's another story, and I think it's no coincidence, but the very next chapter in Luke 19, starting with verse 1, there's a story about a little man called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, and this, this story goes totally different. This story goes totally opposite. It does. It goes, and Jesus entered and passed through a Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief among the public. I mean, he was the big time sinner. Name it all, whatever you want, whatever's on your mind that you would think big time sinning is, that's what he was. He was chief. He was chief. He run the place. He led the crowd. He didn't run with the crowd. He led the crowd. Chief, chief, and he was rich. So he had the money to do it with. And he sought to see Jesus and who he was. And he could not, y'all know the, the story, for the press, all the people, because he was a little man. Little was the wee man, was he? Yeah, yeah. And he ran before and climbed up into the old sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that by, that by, that by that way. Verse 5, verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked and he saw him. Now, this man hasn't even come anything like the rich young ruler. He's in a tree. And watch, watch the difference in grace. This is the difference in grace and the law. Watch grace work right here. And Jesus came and he stood the place and he looked and he saw him. And he said unto Zacchaeus, this is grace. Here's a tax collecting, betrayer, chief sinner, hated by most all of his own people. And Jesus is about to grace him. He said, come down, make, make case, come down. I'm going to, today I'm going to your house. I'm going to your house. Grace. And he made haste to come down and he received grace. How I many know if you're going to get grace, what do you do? I said, if you're going to get grace, right, you're going to get it. You're going to receive it. You're going to receive it. That's how you're going to get it. He received Jesus joyfully. That's how I got grace. Woo, I got it joyfully. I wrapped my arms around it. I was like little Zacchaeus. I was the chief sinner. And he said, I'm going to your house today. And he's been going ever since. Amen. Amen. Verse 7, and when they saw it, they when they saw it, all the Pharisees, they murmured saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. I know no church people in here ever talk like that, but I've heard a few outside of here. And Zacchaeus stood and said, now look, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I, I, this story's got a point. Here's the difference. And he stood and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord. He didn't even have to ask Zacchaeus because this is the difference in grace and law. Law demanded, give up your money. And I can't do it. Grace didn't even ask for it. But it's so grace, he told the Lord, Up to half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor if I've taken anything from. And Jesus ain't asked for nothing. He's not asked for nothing. 
but great Enoch my Sata. And if any have taken from them in a, a, a false way, I'm going to restore him fourfold. That's grace. The law demanded it. And the guy went around sad, went away sad. Grace just said, I'm going to bless you. Receive me. Woo! Woo! Good glory to God. Hey! Hey! Grace just says, I'm going to bless you. Receive it. Receive it. And then grace taught this man. Grace teaches us, according to Titus. It teaches us. And Jesus didn't even have to say nothing. The preacher didn't have to say nothing. They didn't have to break out ten rules for this Sunday or, or seven things you need to do. No, no, no. Grace just moved in his life and his heart. He said, I'm just going to give all this to you. Woo! Amen. Amen. Oh, I thank the Lord. What the law could not do, grace did. Is that the truth? What the law, it's got a purpose. But what it cannot do, where it's inferior, it's only grace. It's only grace. Which comes against a lot of the times the way I've even felt. Comes against sometimes when, when, when people are going bad, I want to I break out the law. And preach the law harder. You know, you can preach the law harsh. You can really hype it up. But the thing is, you need to preach grace. That's what God preached. That's what God gave me was grace. What changed me? It wasn't the law. Matter of fact, he was very delicate. He put me around people that were very delicate with me about the law. Because the law would have run me off. The law would have made me mad. The law would have made me call people bad names. In church. I'm serious. It would have. That's the kind of person I was. Am I telling the truth, Granny? I'd have told them. I didn't care who they was. The law, if they did come at me with the law. Matter of fact, the, the past, I, I was like Brent Barrett there. I, had, I was still smoking. I still was smoking after I got saved. Something happened. So I tell you, just, I didn't even know I was supposed to give it up. Then no man ever have to tell me because grace did eventually. But, but, but I smoked there for a little while after I got saved. I smoked and I smoked and I smoked and I smoked. And, and, and nobody ever got on me. I even went to a picnic. I'll never forget. I went to a church picnic, and I was just sitting out there firing up them Winstons. I didn't know. And you know what? Didn't, no, didn't nobody, didn't nobody say nothing to me. Didn't nobody browbeat me. Didn't nobody put a long finger in my face. God was protecting me. Maybe they didn't see it. I don't know. Maybe God hid it from them. I don't know. I don't know. But I needed that because after I got through that, grace. Grace moved in my heart. Grace moved in my heart. And I said, you know what? I need to quit these things. Nobody ever had to preach that to me. Did. Nobody had to preach that to you, Brent Barry. I, I know I was supposed to come talk to you, but I never did. <laughs> I said, we're just going to let that thing just fizzle out. And it will. It will. It will. Because grace is like that. Amen. Amen. You know, it, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, it serves a purpose, but it's inferior. It has a place, but it's inferior. The law shows what a great value Christ is. 
That's what that's one of its great purposes. It's through the law that I can see what a great value Christ is. Him, I can see how wonderful He is because of the law. You know what the law? You know the the law. The law, when it talks to me, it curses me. It's harsh. It's hard. Don't it? Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. The law is harsh. And it brings curse into our life. But that's where I see the value because when Christ comes, he comes, he comes with this gentle, he comes with this love, and I can hear him say, here's, here's what he says. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. The law, the law's harsh and repelling, drudgery, but Christ says, Come. Come unto me. Come unto me. You know, you can you can think on this, think about this way, and 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 this may not this may not be a good relation or or, 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 or illustration, but I thought about it. You know, Moses Moses was the Christ of the of the old covenant. He was the the Jesus of the, 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 the law. The Bible tells us that. By in John 1 and 17, that by Moses the law came. By Jesus came grace and truth. Amen. But think about this. Under the law, most and they both they both did great things. They just did great things as fleshly beings. Moses' first miracle, I don't know if you ever thought about this. Moses' first miracle was with water, just like Jesus's. It was with water. It was with water. No, he he didn't turn it into wine, though. You know what the law did? The law turned it into blood, and men died. There was death. Am I telling that right? There was death. Jesus's first miracle was with water, and he turned it into the wine, and he brought life and celebration at a uniting of a life's. Such a contrast. Woo! Which are you on it? I mean, do you see the value? That's what I see. I see when I look at that story, those two illustrations, I see the value of Christ. I see who He is. So it brings us to the end of ourself. That's the whole point of the law. There's a lot of other things I could say. There's a lot of other things you could throw in about what the law does and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not exhausting it by any means but for time's sake and just for really the whole point of the of what Paul was bringing out it brings it keeps us from self-righteousness as a believer now that we're believers the law does keep us that's part of what it does it keeps us from self it keeps bringing us to the end of ourselves over and over and over don't it over and over now I told you I had a little story I wanted to read you and it's also in Exodus, Exodus 19. And, and I want you to see this story because this is, this, this is such, a, such an illustration, I feel like. Remember, this is right prior to Moses now going up on Sinai in chapter 20. Remember, when, that's when he went and got the literal law. Remember? This, this is prior to that. I want you to see this. In chapter 19, it's in the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt the same day came they into the, they were just now coming into the wilderness of Sinai. They were moving that way. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness 
and Israel camped before the mount. They were right there at the mount, right at the bottom. And Moses went up to God and the Lord and called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell all the children of Israel. And he's not getting the law here. He's getting instruction. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. Well, rehearse that to them. Tell them, tell them how good grace it was. That's what that was all about. I don't know if you ever thought about it that way, but the first trip up the mountain, God sent Moses back down to tell him about how great grace was. Come on. Tell him how great grace was. How much grace has kept you. Look what grace did to your enemies. And look how I kept you. And I bear you on eagles' wings. And I brought you unto myself. Man, that's good stuff. Tell them all about that. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then shall you be a peculiar treasure unto me above all my people. Here's a test. Somebody say, here's a test. It is. This is a test. I'll show you why here in just a minute. If you'll keep my covenant, you shall be this peculiar people and above all, for the earth is mine. Verse 6, and you shall be unto me kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak. He's still getting instruction. Tell the children of Israel these things, Moses. And Moses came and called for all the elders, all the people, and they laid before their faces all the words which the Lord, he, he rehearsed it all. He preached grace to them. He preached grace to them. And he told them what God had said about even keeping and then look here, verse 8, here, here it is. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. <laughs> we will do. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the word to the people, to the Lord. All that he's, you said, all that you've done, all that we, we will do. Amen. Verse 9, and then we're gonna, I'm going to give you the point. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come, that, come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the, the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people, uh, the people unto, the word, unto the Lord. Now, here, here's the whole point. Here's the whole point of that, and this is really, really what I believe. That, that, that God, God never intended, never had a plan for them to be under the law. It was always to be under, he, he always wanted that same, that was with Abraham. He wanted that same promise, that same grace. All that what he even has now. Now, I know he foreknew it all, foreseeth even in Scripture what was coming. But his plan for all of mankind was grace. That man live by grace. Because no man can live by word. Even though these people said, all that he has said, we will do. We will do. Now, I don't know if they, if they thought about this. I had never thought about this until this time around through Scripture and through this story. Now, I never thought about this at all. But did you realize that from Egypt, think about this, from the time they left Egypt to Mount Sinai, not one person died. I can't find it. I can't find it in Scripture. I can't find not one 
Israelite, not one. When they were living under this grace of God, good glory to God. When they were living under the pure grace of God, when God was keeping them, he was bearing them up as an eagle. When he was keeping them, when he would bring them to himself, not one. I can't find them. Now, you can look, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't recall it either. I could not find not one person dying. And it wasn't, it wasn't that they were perfect because they started murmuring and all kind of junk right off the bat. But grace, grace was sufficient. But the moment, the moment they said, we can do this, I'm going to tell you, the law will bring you to the end of yourself. The moment you say, I can do this. I can do it all. I can do it. I'm selfie, selfie so much. I can do it. Then the very next chapter, God brings Moses up on the mountain. And he gives him the law. And you know what? From that day on, there was death by the thousands. Next time they murmured, they died. The next time they complained, they died. The next time they come short, they died. The next time they lied, they died. The next time they stole, they died. That's a big difference, ain't it? It's grace. But now the law had a purpose. It brought an entire nation to the end of themselves. An entire generation actually died in this wilderness. Never to see the promise. Never to see. Amen. It brings a man to the end of himself. And let me just tell you something. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is what falling from grace is. It's not sinning. Because we all sin. But that did, if you got the right heart, the right mindset, the right Savior, you recover from that. Falling from grace is when you go to the law. Mix the law. Frustrating grace. Amen. Amen. You're exactly right. Yes. No mixture. No mixture. I believe it is grace and nothing but grace. And there's no mixing it. As I preach, I'm learning that now. I'm learning that. You know, I ain't, we ain't got time to go there because i got to close. Y'all get up. Y'all get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Second Corinthians, we ain't going to go there, but Second Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about that. Even as we that who minister... We can minister either the law or we can minister grace. We either minister death, the ministration of death, or the ministration of life. We either minister the uh, bondage or righteousness. God tells me, man, you minister grace. No mixing. No mi Only grace has an inheritance. Only grace. I want to say this last thing. The law is just. We've seen it. It's holy. It's just. It's good. But it's inferior and cannot do what grace can. 
cannot. I hope I've just encouraged you to go for grace. Nothing but grace. You want to stay saved in church? Just go with grace. Be passionate about grace. Jesus was. They'd bring him women caught in the act of adultery. And he'd preach grace. What does the law say they tell him? They're talking to the one that gives the law. And he'd stoop down. He'd write in the, I never thought about this. I heard somebody say this one time. He wrote all probably in the, there as he was in the temple yard in the stone. It, so I've heard people say he wrote in the dirt, but I believe he was probably writing in stone the same as he did on the mountain. Only he could do that. No wonder they dropped their rocks. That finger of God was still writing in stone. Hey! Good, glory to God. I'm supposed to be quitting. Amen. Go for grace. Go for grace. You want to stay saved? Man, go for grace. Go for grace. Stay hard on grace. Let grace teach you. Let grace show you. Let grace work you. God will work through it. He'll work in you through it. You'll work harder because of grace. You'll give more because of grace. You'll serve harder because of grace. You'll love more because of grace. I can't, I can't demand you do what grace will just call you to do and you'll do out of your heart and out of your love. Grace will do that just like we saw in Zacchaeus. You ain't even got to command me. You ain't even got to go that far. I'm just going to go ahead and give it up right here, Lord, before I get out this tree. I receive it joyfully.